Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. Everyone, this is the Go Long Podcast coming at you on a Sunday morning. Well, it's Saturday night here. We're guessing you're listening Sunday morning. Maybe you're catching up on a Monday or Tuesday, but our schedule is a little off kilter this week. Jim was uh, traveling, doing some stories for Go Long, was down in Pittsburgh. You were gracious enough to postpone, bang this out on a Saturday. So thank you, Jim. We're meeting virtually the only downer is we're not at Hamburg Brewing Company drinking beers, eating beef on Wicks. I think everybody knows by now that's when we're at our best is Thursdays at noon at Hamburg having hopping stance, which we're going to talk about that a little more when we get to our Louis Locks. But yes. hopping stance may have affected our, our Louis Locks. We, we'll talk about that, though. But yes, I, I miss Hamburg. But you know what? We have some good stuff to talk about. I think I think that that was a factor. I think that definitely was a factor. We'll get to it. And also, we want to do a, a podcast like talking about how the beers made at Hamburg, too, because yes, Jason King does so an amazing good. job with it. He's a great dude. Um, talk to him, whether it's Hop and Stance, whether it's Louie. A little bit longer now we'll, we'll figure it out you know this is a football and beer podcast so let's expand the beer a little bit jim is it is it the type of show where we're going to be able to taste test you know taste each beer that they're making and so we can at least talk about it and i like it yeah i think so i think we you know we got to do one of these podcasts you know pretty you know we do them pretty buzzed up once in a while let's let's crank it up a notch you know and at the end of it after about six or seven deep uh do you want me to talk about rex ryan that's what we have to do that's what we have to do (laughs) and you know what let's let people know ahead of time so they can come and hear it in person because yeah yeah it's it's time to do a little stuff like it's time i feel like the rex ryan stories they're three-tiered there's like the stories you've told on the podcast There's a story you've told on the Zoom happy hours for subscribers to go along. (laughs) Then there's the stories you've told me when there's nothing being recorded anywhere. And then there's stories I don't even know that you are withholding that we have to hear. I think we can get into some stuff. It's good enough. I I keep seeing Rob Ryan coaching on the sidelines, the Ravens and their defense. It's funny how the Ravens defense, it hasn't really been what you're used to seeing with Baltimore. And I just see him out there coaching. I'm like, I saw him coach and I almost fainted. Like he still has a job in the NFL, Rob Ryan. Okay. Like he's, he's coached for like half the teams. 
Jimmy Sexton is a powerful agent. Powerful. Oh my God. All right. Well, I don't think people want to hear us talk about the Ryan no, boys. No, let's but, get into uh, let's get into the good stuff. There's man. a certain you, quarterback that's been in the news. Whoa. We haven't really talked about Aaron Rodgers. There was a period there in the offseason where some <laughs> yes. listeners were rightfully calling us out because this became an Aaron Rodgers podcast. Um gotta say he's he's dragging us back into it. Uh I mean, Holy hell, where do we start with this, Jim? I mean, well, it's almost like I, I here's how I'd like to start is when it all broke, I, I just pictured you, I just pictured you kind of most people were in shock or surprised. And I just pictured you laughing, like, this is what you've been saying. There's more to this guy than we really know, as far as who is he, what what's he about, you know. And and for me, once again. We talk, it's a distraction. Like he's, he, he's becoming a distraction and yes, he's my top rated quarterback right now. The guy is playing at, it's just amazing how good of a quarterback he is, but man, he's exhausting. He's exhausting right now. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I, I've never questioned his, um, his ability no. this, this year, no, you've especially never, no, that's not, no, you he's talented, uh, very talented. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. No doubt. He just has a little trouble in that NFC Championship game for some reason. <laughs> you always had to. But this is the, no, you're right. I was at Spot Coffee, was working on that Tyler Boyd story that we have up at Go Long. Things were humming along there in Hamburg. Um, like to sneak out there to get some work done because it's gonna be mayhem here at the Dunn household. You know, we've got a we've got a two year old, we've got a three month old. A lot of bluey, a lot of cocoa melon, a <laughs> lot of diapers, a lot of chaos. So, uh, oh, at first got... I thought you said, at first I thought you said a lot of Louie. You said Bluey. <laughs> Bluey and Louie, a little different. Bluey's <laughs> actually a great show for all the dads out there. You know, I enjoy it. My son's into that Blaze, the Blaze show with the uh, trucks yeah. and uh, Blaze and the Monsters or something. And okay. Paw Patrol. I mean, it, I can, I can get through those, but yeah, I hear you. It, it's tough. It's tough. So the news comes out on Aaron Rodgers, yeah. unvaccinated, going to miss this game. And immediately, like everybody, my, my mind goes to, wait, didn't he tell us that he was vaccinated? And all, all the reports are out there. Like you, you, you Google it, they're all out there. And then you take it a step further and you see the clips that are shared. And he, he is asked if he's vaccinated by Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Does a really good job out there. Very direct question. And he said, yeah. I'm immunized. There's a yeah. And then there's a follow-up question from one of Aaron Rodgers' closest allies in the local media, who shall remain nameless, who may have sat down with Aaron Rodgers after a certain Bleacher Report story. He does ask the follow-up question. I can't remember exactly what he asked. He brought up Kirk Cousins, but clearly wanted more information, and Aaron Rodgers provided more information under the assumption that he was vaccinated. I mean, you he he completely misled everybody he he created distance between himself and those that should not be judged you know that we should not judge those people i did my research i came to this decision let's not judge those people and that was that so it is a lie that's the definition of you you can read all the law books you want to read um i don't i don't give a shit that's that's misleading at best lying is what it is and deceitful at worst, you know, it's, 
it, it's deceit to the highest degree. I mean, that's the thing with Aaron Rodgers is he unbelievably talented quarterback, um, unbelievably obsessed with what people think about him. Terrified of criticism, terrified of criticism. I, he didn't want to deal with the people that were going after, you know, Cole Beasley, Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz. He, he's very in tune with what people are saying about him. That's just, that's just the truth. I, I, you know, I think a lot of us that have certain things in life that we lean on certain foundations, whether it's, whether it's family, whether it's religion, whether it's close, I don't know, whatever it is. I mean, he, he did the story with ESPN a few years back. It was really interesting. Mina Kimes wrote it on the whole religion thing and how he's gone through this quest. You know, obviously I've written about how he cut off his family in 2014. I don't want to go down that road. All I'm saying is he's very worldly. He has opinions all over the place. And I, I'm not sure what means the most to him, but I think what means a hell of a lot to him is what people think about him. So that's how you get somebody who doesn't want to own up to what he is. I, I don't give a shit if he's vaccinated or not. That's the thing, Jim. Like everybody's losing their minds over what the content of what he said. I'm going to let other people do that because there's actually a lot of things he said that I liked. I mean, I like having a conversation, not a controversy. I, I like not silencing people, which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. You know, even the ivermectin stuff, I think maybe it's worth people reading and researching because I know people have taken it and it's worked. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and trash him for what he believes. That's his personal decision. Right. Good for him. Like he right. did the work. I mean, we have got like Kirk Cousins, right? We have Kirk Cousins. We have Carson Wentz, and and they're, you know, they're upfront and and right. they're upfront about it. Hey, they're not vaccinated. It's so that stuff is what it What's is. So it's the what, what is it? What would be so hard for? What, why would it have been so hard for him just to say, not vaccinated? Here's here's what it is. This the first the first thought that popped in my head, um, when he was talking to Pat McAfee, you know, explaining yeah. this all couple days later was what a member of the green bay packers front office said to me in that bleacher report story two and a half years ago so i just pulled it up here um this is from that story that you know pissed pissed him off so much um and this is my words here every scrap of negative press every perceived slight from a teammate a coach whoever quote bothers him to his core unquote a former member of the packers front office said quote it hurts him It's like, dude, you're Aaron Rodgers. Relax. People are trying to crown you as the greatest ever, and you've won one Super Bowl. It's so entrenched in his mind that everybody's against me that he just can't get over it. I mean, this is somebody who was around him. This is what you hear from former teammates, personnel, coaches. It's, It's part of what makes him great. Like, we have to acknowledge that. Part of what makes Aaron Rodgers an incredible quarterback is he seeks the slight and uses it. He, 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 he take, I think all professional athletes try to find something negative and use it as bulletin board material. He really does it like to the extreme. (laughs) Right. Right. He does. And so that's good. But then it's bad because he's, he's this sensitive about what people think, like who cares what you can't care what people think about you. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you're so good. Like, what do you care? Like, but he wouldn't own it. And, uh, I, you know, he said he didn't lie. He said that there wasn't a follow-up question. There right, was a follow-up right. question. He had an opportunity to clear it up. And uh, I think that he was hoping that this 
this ruse just kind of continued on and on and on and and that would be that well i feel like now you know and i know we've talked about this with the whole the covid and the nfl how it's almost like they make it up as they go along right what is what's going to be the punishment i mean you know they're doing their research now or whatever they're talking to the people to see like exactly like they're going to be making something up again obviously they have nothing in place like I, I, that's what this whole thing is just, and, and this is where you sometimes you kind of want to side with Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Like, hey man, I get it. Like they, the NFL doesn't even know what to do now. Like yeah. they want to make these, but they're just making it up on the fly. And that's kind of what you and I have talked about. It's like so frustrating. Right. That's the thing. Like, like I'm not going to sit here and just bash no, him as a. That's right. That's as not an idiot. Like he made about. some points. Like the the yes. the league much like a lot of the country is kind of flying on the seat of their pants with this COVID stuff. Like, you know, have a little consistency. Like there isn't, I mean, you, we know we saw Aaron Rodgers up there without a mask on. Um, so he's breaking protocol by the, by the, the word of the rule. Like he needs to wear a mask at the podium and team to team are different. Everybody else on the Packers that was unvaccinated, like they had to do zoom interviews with the local media. And he was unvaccinated at the podium. Now you can say, oh, what about Kirk Cousins? What about Carson Wentz? At times, I know Carson Wentz had a mask on. I guess if you're outside, you can I, do it. it. You know, Connor, I don't even know. My buddy Connor Orr did a really good story at SI about the city ordinance. Like each city has its own ordinance uh-huh. on COVID, indoor versus outdoor. He didn't get a response from Green Bay. I, I mean, let, let, what it is is just teams are operating with what they can and can't do and what players want or maybe don't want and it's on the league to enforce it and they've just kind of turned a blind eye I guess they knew he was unvaccinated the league knew it the Aaron Rodgers was because he appealed it obviously for the homeopathic treatment the Packers knew and as we said on this podcast back in July when I said that they were wrong to just welcome him back that they should have traded Aaron Rodgers take your unlimited picks and players and move on because something big could happen at that point the Packers they decided that they would let Aaron Rodgers do what Aaron Rodgers wants to do so clearly Aaron Rodgers was okay wearing the mask around the facility you know walking by teammates and stuff he's following protocol as he said if we take him at his word but when the cameras are on mask off why he doesn't want anybody to know he's unvaccinated that's cowardice I mean if you felt that passionate about it in that moment that we heard for, with Pat McAfee, why not do it in the moment? Like it. it's only because he got, he got quote unquote caught, you know? And I just, that disingenuousness is what he is. And we've seen it again and again and again. And the fact that he lied, I hope it, people realize that that's probably not the first or the last, you know, untruth that has come out of him and uh, take it for what it's worth. You know what's crazy, Jim? And I, I want to ask you this question because everything I said, you know, being pretty critical, and I'm not the only one. Everybody's calling him out on this stuff. Um, he's seven and one. Uh, yeah, he's still good. really talented. That's what I was gonna say. That's he, why Green. We've that's had Tug Whaley on yeah. here talking about. I think I used that line in the story. Like production equals tolerance. Production equals tolerance. After everything that happened the last seventy-two hours. You're running a team. Do you yeah. still open up your arms as a GM yes. and say, come on in, Aaron. That's okay. We got your back, yes. bud. Yes, you, just, you do. I hate, I know you just do. 
I don't you know, even Matt, care. Matt LaFleur like rolled his eyes at the press conference at one point when he was asked about Aaron Rodgers's uh, show with Mac. He was asked if he was going to listen to it or watch it. Oh, and, and he, he tried to fight his rolling eyes so hard and he couldn't help it. But he, but he knows his career is tied to this guy. For, oh yeah. No question. It, it's, I don't even care how good Jordan Love, if he plays great and they win, they're still going to welcome him back, you know? So I, it's just how it's going to go. But, and teams are still going to go after him hard in the offseason. Yes. Yeah. He's that talented. Yes. I would, you know, I want to, I can't wait to talk about that, um, where he ends up next year. Like I keep thinking Steelers, Saints, Steelers, Saints. I keep going back and forth. Like which one of these teams doesn't really have the quarterback in place for next year has a great defense, a great coach, you know, and those teams, the Steelers and Saints keep coming to mind for me where I, I, that, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers on one of those teams. But anyway. Um, oh, I'm sure Mike, you know, but it'd be interesting with Mike Tomlin and the Roonies. I mean, well, that's a good point. That I mean, how much BS would right? they put up with? How much are they going to take? I think they would take it, but we'll yeah. see. Anyway, which, which so that's, make, for, that's down the road. But yeah, I don't, I'm interested to see, do you, do you hear much about suspension? Like, is it going to be a suspension after? I don't, I don't hear, so. I, I don't, cause they don't know. Nobody knows. I nobody think the knows. NFL is a pretty happy that everybody's obsessed over this storyline and not Henry Ruggs driving huh. 160 drunk, killing a person. Don't even talk. They don't even talk about it. No, they, I don't. I think mean, I don't think they're that upset that this is the lead in every every station, every paper, every site, every radio state. Um, so, I mean, you know, they'll get slapped on the wrist. They'll get slapped on the wrist, and that's going to be they're it. Fine. And they're, you know, he'll miss a game. He'll be back. He'll be throwing touchdowns. Packer fans will cheer for him. He'll yeah. mock the opposing fans. He'll do a little dance. <laughs> he'll make fun of the woke mob. Um, he'll do oh, he all was, this stuff and that'll be like that, you know, have, he did have his, he had, he had a lot of his, uh, he had some good phrases, you know, pop culture type phrases ready to roll. But it's crazy because he, all right, he, he was the mob. He has been right. the mob. Right. Aaron right. Rodgers has been the tip of the spear of the mob. Take it from somebody who wrote a story that upset him very much. He went out there with his ally in the media, sat down and roasted maybe the best receiver he's ever had, at least the number one receiver he had at the peak of his powers, Greg Jennings, Jermichael Finley, his starting tight end. I mean, we obviously in the story talked to way more people than that, but those are the two names that get brought up a lot. I mean, he, he said that their opinions do not matter. They don't matter. Nobody should listen to them. I'm tired of anything they say. They're full of whatever, whatever the quote was. I mean, they were whisked to the cornfield, like, when he said that fans turned on those two players so fast. So that's when I don't want to hear any BS about having a conversation, you know, not a controversy and saying that you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want people silenced. I mean, he wants two of his teammates silenced. There's no moment of thinking, you know what? Okay. Maybe, maybe there's a little reflection that's needed here. Maybe I shouldn't have said that to Greg Jennings on the field during that 49er game. Maybe I should have given Jermichael Finley my phone number. Maybe there could have been a relationship there. There's, there's none of that reflection, none. It's F those guys, I'm silencing them. And you know what, if any, if you listen to, if anybody listens to them, then you're an idiot too. Like that, that's where it's, it's really hard to understand his navigation of what a woke mob is, I suppose. 
you know, and just his, he's constantly dramatic. Like why did, what quarterbacks even talk about their, you know, their receivers and tight ends. Like I, I look at Kyler Murray from that crazy end of the game with AJ green. He handled that as well as you can handle yep. that. Now we still don't know why the, the miscommunication and okay. They just kept saying miscommunication. Pretty sure that, you know, AJ green was wrong. But I really thought it was good that, once again, they're not selling AJ. He didn't sell AJ Green out. He didn't talk about him. You know, let's end the drama. Let's move on. And I I like that in the quarterbacks. That's the guys I've been around. I mean, hey, Donovan McNabb, when he was in Philly, he was around some drama with T.O. But it it got, you know, he did his best to keep that thing, you know, to keep Mm -hmm. it at least, hey, let's get through the season. and, And the great ones don't cause drama and that's why it's so strange to see rogers constantly talking constantly coming with whatever it is holding out covid selling guys out it's just i don't know strange but you know why jerry it's it's because he he he's obsessed with the adoration of everybody else like he needs (laughs) to be beloved he He has to make sure that yeah he needs his narrative it's like his narrative is the one he wants everybody make sure it's this is yeah he cares deeply about that yeah, more than anything else. So I think that's why, you know, he, feel, he feels the need to respond to everything. I mean, think about Eli Manning in New York. Like, I mean, he, he never heard of, he never heard never of heard Pete. He handled everything. We're, I want to talk about them at the end of the, sure. the Manning cast at the end. But um, never heard of Pete out of Eli. Handled everything, everything, everything. Drama, he handled it. So you're right. I, that's how I, I think about like, you think about Kobe Bryant and like those guys never cared what people said about them. I know. Like the, the great ones don't, they don't care. It's funny. I'm doing a story right now on a young player, not to give too much weight. Let's just say he's a young player for the Steelers. When I was down there this week, um, who's opinionated and fun and authentic. And he's gotta be 15, 16 years younger than, than Aaron Rodgers And, I mean, he genuinely does not care what anybody thinks about him. I mean, he, this is a player who's been ripped to shreds by other teams, fans, other players publicly. He just doesn't care. He, he, he said, like, I don't really care. Like, Twitter's not real life. Social media is not real. Like, I am strong in my convictions. And whatever they say, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. So it does to him. I think people love that show they, because he does say things other quarterbacks don't say. He is transparent. I mean, we're definitely seeing the real Aaron Rodgers right now. No you, doubt. No doubt. I just, but I do have a trouble with he's transparent, but what's truthful and what's not truthful now, Jim? You know, like if, well if he's said. if he's gonna basically say that he didn't mislead people with that answer back in August on the immune immunized, anybody with a set of eyes and a set of ears that watches that exchange is gonna call bullshit. Honestly, I mean, am I wrong? Like, was no, no. I mean, he said immunized, but there's a lot more going on there. So, what else isn't true, right? Like, we're led to believe that things are going great in Green Bay. He talked about having good conversations with Brian Gutekunst, and um, he's happy and he's having fun, and and that's leading people to believe that maybe Aaron Rodgers would be at Green Bay, you know, beyond this 2021 season. Maybe we're talking 2022, 2023. I don't know. Like if, if he's so loose with the facts and loose with reality, I don't, 
I don't know. I mean, I think they, I, I think it's the same as, a, as it was before when, you know, his anonymous sources made it clear, like, yeah, he's back, but you know, after this season, they're going to reassess and he's going to have that ability to be traded if he wants. I, I think it's still kind of there. And this is still a one and done deal in green Bay myself. I could be wrong. I mean, like everybody else, I thought he was good as gone this past off season. Yeah, it does. I think that one and done seems to be, seems to be heading that way. It is hard. To, I mean, it's hard. Now we'll, we'll do, if Jordan Love doesn't play well. Let's talk about Jordan Love then. I mean, hey, because you've been on this one. You've been like, this is like <laughs> no. your, this is your week yeah. right now. They, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. Um, I can't get over. I guess what I'm going to say is these guys are coming in, these backup quarterbacks, guys are having success. Guys are really, I'm really impressed with how the backups have come in. Now, some of these backups obviously are veterans, but some aren't. Mike yeah. White's never played. You know, some of these guys are really doing well. And it's a credit to the coaching staffs and these quarterbacks. It makes me think he's going to play pretty well. Why not? I mean, we're going to see Matt LaFleur's offense finally. Really? I mean, I think to this point, it's been a combination of what LaFleur wants and what Rodgers wants, and it's worked well. They've won a lot of games. But for the first time, we're going to see LaFleur's offense in full. Jordan Love isn't going to go up there and be audible and plays left and right like Rodgers does. Nope. But they have a great situation around him, right? I mean, a line that's exceeded expectations without Bakhtiari. Um, a a one-two punch in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I mean, Dillon's been a monster. Monster. Devontae Adams may be the best wide receiver in football. The defense is full of gems found by the GM that Rodgers wanted fired. Um, I mean, really, look at Douglas. You know, he's let go by Arizona's practice squad. A few weeks later, he's he's been on a couple teams. I mean, he's bounced around. He has. Yeah. You know, Bob McGinn on our other show, just for the subscribers that go along. I mean, if you like football, you like the Packers, especially please subscribe and check out that show. I mean, he, he breaks each game down in painstaking detail. It's unbelievable. But I didn't realize that Douglas pick when he broke it. I mean, that was tougher. That was all Douglas pick. It was not back shoulder to AJ green. A lot tougher than it made it look. If AJ green knew the the play, it would have been a touchdown. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. For sure. It was a perfect throw, but here's a guy they picked off off the streets, right? Yeah. Devondre Campbell's been one of the best linebackers in football. Yeah. Yeah. I give it to him. They've, so, tried, they've drafted well on defense. They, yeah, no, they've done a nice job for sure. Yeah. So I think that, I think it's a good situation, even on the road at Arrowhead. Uh, yeah. And you're going, and you know, you don't, I hate when, you know, should we bash the chiefs defense? I've been bashing Spagnolo forever, but you know, it's not that easy. I mean, you still have to go out and make, but at least he is playing against a team where, hey, they should be able to run the ball. They should be able to do the things that you can do to help a young quarterback and play action and get him on the move a little bit. See him. I, I, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah. I can't wait to see if, if, if this game is part of your Louis Locks or not. <laughs> well, the but funny anyway. thing is a lot of people might be listening to this after the fact. So who knows? Like it, this, uh, the point. outcome's already, if you're listening point. to point. it before, yeah, I like uh, I like Jordan Love a lot in this one. I hey, got to oh, stay on that hill, right? Like, yeah, the risk was worth it. I think it. a lot of people do. I think a lot of people that evaluated him in college, it, it's really going to be interesting. You know, this is a good. There, a lot of people are interested to see what he looks like. If he looks good, yes. If he looks really good, it could be 
a redux of Aaron Rodgers at Dallas 2007, you know, against the Cowboys on Thursday night football, right? Brett Favre wow. goes down. Favre wasn't playing wow. well. Favre was amazing that, that season. Yeah. You know, he's the SI sportsman of the year. He's on the cover. He's having this magical, right. magical season, breaking all these right. records. They go 13 and three. But for that game, you know, that everybody was watching the early days of Thursday night football. I remember going to Tully's at Syracuse because it was the only <laughs> way you could watch Thursday night football. <laughs> it was my regular cable. So we're, 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 we're watching it there. And uh, yeah, Rogers comes in. It was great. Like, you know, he's operating the offense. He's hitting guys in rhythm. If Jordan Love comes in and is assertive and decisive, mm-hmm. they could lose the game. But if he looks good, that the Packers yeah. lost that game by like 10, I think then it could make that decision easier. I think the fact that Aaron Rodgers had that game, it allowed Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy to play hardball a little bit more, you know, when Brett Favre tried to come back that next summer. And I remember being an intern on Green Bay at the time, thinking the Packers were insane. Like Favre just took you to an NFC championship game. Like, what are you doing? You don't know what you have in Aaron Rodgers. They did. They saw him behind the scenes and then they saw him in that game. So they've seen Jordan Love behind the scenes. They've seen how his growth, they're not going to tell us much about it, but now they see him in a game. If he looks good, then mm-hmm. yeah, here's Aaron Rodgers, Denver, whoever take him next off season. I would be, it will be really interesting to see what that hall could be, but first things first, they need Jordan love to look good. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. I don't think it's about the win or loss at all. I agree with yeah. you on that. It's about, is he doing things the right way? You know, yeah. decision-making turnovers, see how he plays. It's going to be good. All right, Jim. Well, I think we're Packers out. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add or you want to get on to Odell here quick before yeah, we sign off? Yeah, I'm interested to get into the Odell a little. Um, I heard, you know, I heard Steve Smith on Thursday Night Football, you know, say, hey, Baker, you're not that good. And <laughs> basically calling him out, you know, hey. I And he's right. You know, I, this thing is strange. And it's a personal, obviously a personal, there's something we don't even can't imagine how much those two don't like each other. Um, I don't think Odell, obviously he does not look like the same player that we all think of as Odell, but Mayfield has missed him plenty. You know, when I watch these guys every week, you know, he's low. I mean, he's not high on the rankings. Um, He misses his accuracy is off. Now last week, Jarvis Landry killed him. I mean, Jarvis Landry played horrible, dropping the ball, fumbling the ball. So it's funny how, but Mayfield is not like this. It's just interesting to think he couldn't make it work with Odell Beckham. Um, weird, isn't it? Weird. He played so well without him. Weird, and he does. And that, and we'll get to that in the Louis Locks this week. But the, the Beckham, he is... We spent, I spent a lot of time with Beckham coming into the draft. We had him at, um, in Buffalo for a visit. Um, he tried to take down the big ribeye at tempo. Um, oh yeah, he? he tried. He did not. He failed. I sat, I was sitting right next to him and, and he was, he was tired and he had just had his pro day down in Baton Rouge like the day before. So he was kind of, he was getting ready to go back to New Orleans Cause he was throwing some party down in new Orleans. He was, you know, he was showing me the flyer for it. I mean, he was in a good mood cause he was done with the workouts and yeah. um, he, I, I really enjoyed spending time with him, but he was, he is very superstar oriented, like, you know, and for him not to, I don't want to say be shown up by Baker, 
but Odell's not used to being called the problem, you know? So, and I'm not saying he, they're saying he's the problem, but obviously they're saying, Hey, go ahead. We don't, we don't need you. And that's, he's never had that really happen. You know, you knew the New York thing was that to me was just a fiasco because of, you know, things were, things were not heading in the right direction. Beckham was prime, prime receivers. Receivers can drive you crazy. I mean, they really can. But now it's like, now I'm fascinated to see, I can't wait to see what team goes after him. What team, because he is still good. I mean, I watch him. He's still running good routes. He's just not making, he's not making the highlight plays. He's not making guys miss after the catch. He's just, he hasn't done the stuff we're used to seeing. But he's still good enough to help a team. And it's going to take the right, he's going to have to take the right approach and understand, if you want to win, yeah, go ahead. I mean, go to the Saints, go to, you know, go to take a chance with the, actually go to the Patriots. I mean, they could, they, you know, see what you got. I mean, but um, Keyshawn Johnson was outstanding. I caught him on NFL live this week on Wednesday. I never watched that show. Um, but for some reason, I don't know. I was, oh, I know. I was flipping around because there was some horse racing I was trying to watch. And, <laughs> and I, there was like a, it was in between the horses. And um, so I was like, oh, let me see what they're talking about. I want to hear Keyshawn talk about Odell. I thought that was intriguing because Keyshawn went through that in Tampa with Gruden. Yeah. And basically, Keyshawn flat out said he basically felt validated. He goes, you guys now understand why I wanted out of Tampa. And basically because he said he was put, he knew Gruden was making racist, you know, racist remarks in Tampa. And I'd heard this about Gruden for years anyway. Have you really? Oh yeah. Yeah. I heard back even when he was a young coach in Philly that he was Mm -hmm. undermining roads at the time. And this is stuff I've heard people. Yeah. And I, you know, that wasn't a surprise to you. Well, you know, I'm a young guy hearing this stuff and I'm like, really that stuff exists like and then you hear okay so you hear it from his time in philly as a young coach then Keyshawn's telling us it happened in tampa and then obviously you know it's happened and but i guess my point of this is these guys this personal stuff is real and this is you know Keyshawn hated gruden for that reason and wanted out beckham and mayfield hate each other like they flat out hate each other and it's just amazing to think it's come to this but um, you know, I, I, you know, we're always pro player and I'd love to see Beckham. I'd love to, you know, I love watching Beckham and I hope he, you know, he goes somewhere and makes some plays, but Mayfield, I don't know. I'm struggling with Mayfield. But. Yeah. I'm, you start to wonder, was it more so the scheme last year with him? Mean, he put up really good numbers. They were yeah, a couple I, plays I, away from the AFC and championship I like that. game. I like their offense. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I like Stefanski. I like the way they play. I just, I do feel like Mayfield has not played that well this year. I really don't. I guess it's probably a good move that they didn't pay him the money. You had to be on the hook for that. Oh, it's interesting. It's really fascinating. I, I God, I, I'm not ready to give up on Baker Mayfield. No, I, I, I'm with you. I still I'm not like his leadership that. and I'm, he's talented. I'm not giving up either. I'm just, I have, he's not playing at that high level that, if you want to, if you want to be, if you want to compete for an AFC championship and, and I mean, these guys just look at Josh Allen, look at Lamar Jackson, you know, Mahomes, I don't care what anybody says. He's still ridiculous. Look at those three in general. You got to get to that level, like, or close. You may never be as good as them, but you have to play at a, a higher level than you're playing at. AFC North. We're going to learn a lot this week. I feel like, I mean, what a log jam 
You either have five wins or four wins. It's totally up for grabs. I need to give you a lot of credit. I've never seen a team that can't run the ball, <laughs> that can't throw the ball, and they win. Week in, week out, they're fighting right now for the playoffs. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Tyler, you've been telling me. You've been oh, telling man. me all year you believe in it, and I give you credit. I didn't believe in it, and they, they, they're finding ways. I mean, that defense is, is legit, and I feel for Justin Fields this week. Because he just played, by the way, he just played an incredible game against He did, yeah. He really did. It was the best game I've seen a rookie play this year, um, by far almost. He was outstanding, not just running the ball. His throws were amazing, too. Maybe a little motivated by well, Kyle Shanahan. and well, guess who wasn't there calling, guess who wasn't on the sideline, Matt Nagy. Um, get him away. But <laughs> well, here's the other thing. They still can't protect fields, and that's the wrong combo going into Pittsburgh yeah. Monday night football. So, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get into that game. I'm just, I was trying to say you're right. The Steeler thing. Very good call. I appreciate that. I don't know. I just feel like spending time around that team at the end. Well, it was right when we had Ella, my last full season at Bleach Report. Um, gosh, would that have been 2019? Yeah. So they were, their wide receiver coach dies in training camp. Ben Roethlisberger has a season-ending injury. They have more injuries. They make the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. The oh, idea yeah, for that yeah, story yeah. of Bleach Report was like, I just wanted to spend some time yeah, around was, this team. How in the hell are they even still in this thing? Mid-season, was right about now. So I, I think I drove down to Pittsburgh like three times here from Buffalo and just, just to kind of track them through this and talk to, I don't know, 15, 20 players. And you really, I get it. They're not going to say a bad word about their boss. I totally get that. But it's, right. it is different there. It really is. Like with Mike Tomlin, it's a, it's a different world in Pittsburgh. I don't seeing their practices and hearing about their practices. It's, it really is this war of attrition. They hit like other teams do not hit. They really try to build from within. Everybody says that they actually do it they defensively, do it. right? Like, you think about it, like James Harrison, Joey Porter before him, Vince Williams after that. I mean, like all these linebackers, they don't really see the field until year three, year four. Like they're just in practice as a grunt, like getting their ass kicked for a while. And then they see the field and then they start delivering the blow. Like little things like that go a long ways. And I get it. Like Ben Roethlisberger's 39. He's old. He can't do what he used to do. And it's a completely different offensive line, but they're, I feel like they'll figure out a way to get to 20 points on offense, 20 to 24. They, they, they're trying. They're trying. They're right. I mean, they're and they're trying. just good enough on defense and the coaching matters. No, there's no question. Coaching. If it, That's one thing I think we all know. It, it matters. Like, yeah. just look at, look what Sean Payton does with, you know, Jameis Winston and Simeon. It doesn't matter. Hey, yeah. or Taysom yeah. Hill. Or Same we'll thing in New Orleans. Exactly. I mean, the we, team that yeah, you worked we'll for, be, you, we'll you saw Brady. with Sean Payton. We'll, we'll beat Tom Brady you know, with Trevor Simeon, like, fine. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I'm so, by the way, two guys that were, two guests of ours, uh, Roman Harper and Jiry Evans, were inducted last night into the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame. Get out of here. Yeah, they were both texting me. It was pretty cool. Oh, my so God. So they're there. That's, that's a big weekend for them. So that, that, that organization, they, they're tight. That's a, it's a pretty cool weekend. So, yeah, that's, we got some, that was pretty, it was cool to see those guys go in. I'll they definitely, uh, yeah, yeah, it was good, great their guys. podcasts in on the uh, show notes there. Let people know that yeah, those are fun conversations. 
they were good. Those guys were good. They didn't hold back. Um, but anyway, Kane's yeah, built so something there. You know, it, it, that's what, what I was going to say. That's I mean, it what wasn't just about. Breeze. I mean, I think Sean a lot Payton of people and Mike Tomlin, I feel like they're going to always, you know, they're going to be successful. And look at Belichick right now. I mean, you he's know, he's finding, too. yes, that he's finding a way. Like he, these guys know how to win. Like they just know the, you know, yes, they want their, yes, you want your Breeze at your prime time. You want Brady in your prime. You want Roethlisberger in his prime. But they have ways to still do it, if not. And that's what's so impressive about those guys. I'm Buffalo. I'm keeping an eye on New England in that rearview mirror. I mean, um, so they still play twice. Could, real quick with the AFC, I agree with you. Because if you're the Bills at this point, you need – and you're thinking about who's going to beat the Bills in the playoffs. You need to find what teams have a defense. Like, just start right there. Honestly, what team has a defense that scares the Bills? Is Baltimore going to get better on defense? Possibly, because they have been injured early in the year. So pay attention to Baltimore's defense this last half of the year. See if they get healthy and get right, because they do have some talented players um, and haven't been healthy. The other team, when you really talk about team defenses in the AFC, other than Pittsburgh and New England, right? Those are the three defenses that could give the Bills – problems in the playoffs believe it or not and it's here the pa- Buffalo. Patriots it wasn't a fluke and it was a hot right it was yeah. a it was a, it was one of those games you just we kind of I blew it off as well they're gonna muck it up game. though on purpose like I think that's Pittsburgh knows how to just muck it up and make it this those, ugly that, shitty game that's what defense is those great defense and those are the only I think those are the only three teams that really the Bills need to worry about yeah. Steelers Patriots and uh Ravens not Mahomes no, not the one that got run. away. Not the one that you have. I to agree. Defense. They thumped him. Yeah. Just to beat Buffalo. It's not about Mahomes. It's the defense. Yeah. All right. What do you yep. say, Jim? Let's close time? up this pod. Well, we'll do our Louis locks in a, in oh. a separate pod. Gotcha. So oh yeah, that's right. That's right. It's right that there on your device. However good. you're listening. Um, but yeah, that was fun. Hey, everybody out there, be sure to uh, watch, listen, the Isaiah McKenzie show four episodes in it's it's <laughs> awesome man i'm so happy you we've got it here goal. within the go long podcast feed on apple spotify you all that good stuff it also <laughs> has its own feed golongtd.com all the episodes are there um I hope, you know i just the reason i wanted to do it as i as i said on here jim was to get an authentic real perspective on the nfl and that's what isaiah mckenzie brings i mean he's showing a side of sean mcdermott I think that people haven't seen yeah. that you that you may or may not know. Uh, he says everything you, you probably can, you probably sit there and wow. You're like, yep. I know. I heard you say <laughs> about being robotic the one time I was laughing. He did. You said he's well, a little bit like a robot. I was like, yeah, that's, he said, you wouldn't want to shake him. Cause you don't know what would happen. You know, it's, but that, that came up because uh, <laughs> they're playing the Jaguars this week. So I asked him if Sean McDermott would ever pull an urban Meyer you know, and hang back, back. And, and go to the bar. And he said that he was in the hot tub one day and yeah, check it out for the whole uh, episode. But, and he asked McDermott that, or no, he told, he told McDermott, like, I'm really glad you go back on the team flight with us and kind of as a joke. And I said, would you ever see Sean out at a bar? And he just looked at me with big eyes, like, uh, no, I can't see him around people in general, <laughs> which I guess is a robot is what they needed. You know, post Rex, you were around Rex. This is why you got Sean McDermott the interview and pushed for him to be hired. 
Yeah, and that it it was and and really it was it was a big reason why Anthony Lynn did not get the job was he was too connected with Rex, even though even though they couldn't be more you know they're just right. completely different and they're we you know Whaley and I, Doug Whaley and I we we love Lynn and we love McDermott I mean we were good either way um and the Bagulas just really wanted to give Sean his chance and you know obviously they, it was a great move but that was the thing Anthony Lynn any ties to Rex the Bagulas are like no thank you so even and oh yeah Oh my gosh. Well, we'll definitely get to those Rex stories about yeah. 10 IPAs yeah, in when we do the beer podcast. So I can't, yeah, we got to do that one. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, sorry, we're a couple of days late here, but hopefully you enjoyed and we'll be back at it next week.